I think it's really interesting that these post-pandemic stocks and investments that on one hand, it might be easy to say, oh yeah, that's going to go back up because they were popular before and now we're coming back to regular life. But in fact, we do have to take into account and think a little more deeply about how the pandemic has changed us and changed business. Welcome to Women Take Stock. This week, well, again, it's a little bit of an interesting week because, well, we have Tula re-energized from Texas, and unfortunately, Dana isn't able to join us today, so we're going to have to see if us students have learned anything from our wise professor because Dana knows way more than we do, but we're catching up. We're catching up. Yes. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how we are learning, what we are learning and how things are changing. And also what's pretty exciting is that we've had some cool comments from some of our listeners that we're going to talk about towards the end of the show as well, because Yay. it's just exciting. We're so excited. Please yes. connect with us. But first, let's start the show. We are four friends all at different places in our financial and personal lives looking to pull back the curtain on the seemingly mysterious, often testosterone-driven world of stock investing. And if four women without business degrees can figure out the market as a side hustle, so can you. Join us as we learn the basics, buy, sell, scratch our heads, hold our breath, commiserate, and celebrate, hopefully more of the latter. We aren't experts, so please note that this podcast is for general information purposes only. Yeah, anything resembling financial advice is purely coincidental. That said, we are hoping to make a little or a lot of money doing this. And if money is power, we want some of that too. Awesome. Welcome again to Women Take Stock. This week, we're just going to riff. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're okay. all at interesting places in our experiences. I I was I missed the last uh podcast which I was bummed about but I literally did not have power or water or heat because I was in Texas. I am in Texas rather. <laughs> and this week I'm happy to report that I'm back in my apartment with all of my utilities running. I'm warm and but there are unfortunately still people who are struggling yeah. right now. There's still about a million Texans who are without water, their pipes have burst and there's just aren't enough plumbers around to fix it all. But it's interesting because I'll tell you what, I, my next research project for my stocks is going to be in the energy sector and also the survivalist sector. <laughs> the survivalist because I, sector. <laughs> I really think there's going to be the a Bunsen run burners. on, seriously, Bunsen burners, propane. Tinned um, water, canned water. Canned water, generators, a shout out to my brother and sister-in-law, John and Cindy, for literally keeping me alive last yay, week. Thank but yay. Uh, some of that was we set up like a little porta potty situation downstairs in there because we couldn't use water. We were melting snow for water to use for the toilets. And then we were having to use that water to boil to drink. I will say it was a little bit traumatic and it gave me insight into what people experience on a regular basis right. in many parts of the world. But I also think that people are going to be stocking up on what they call those like those dried food edible meals that like the astronauts use. I think that's going to become so uh, my oh, meals ready to eat MREs. Yes, MREs. Yes. Thank oh, you. MREs. They, they're not very tasty. I'll tell you. I've had well, some. apparently there's a company in Boulder <laughs> that my aunt was telling me about that have made really delicious tasting MREs. Really? 
And I looked, they're not public yet, but See, this is uh, my question. This is, this is what I've been talking about. I've been thinking about it. It's those little niche companies that mm-hmm. as this world is being so shaken up, mm-hmm. have the potential to explode. And so at some point in the near future, in my little investing journey, I want to explore how I, as an individual without a huge amount of capital to invest can still get involved. Like how could I yeah. invest in a little company that's making good tasting MREs for all of us, um, what do they yeah. call the people who are like afraid of the apocalypse and we're all hanging out, you the know, doomsdayers. The, the doomsday. Yeah. And I think we're all going to become like what well, apocalyptic investing. Yes. 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 <laughs> apocalyptic. Investing. I love that. That's a new term. You just created. Yes. I think, I think also um, JJ here that this, it's not just about thinking the ap- apocalypse. It's not just about, feeling the apocalypse is around the corner. I think this episode in Texas, the storming of the Capitol building, it's really undermined people's feelings about how the government looks out for their welfare and is in charge. Yeah, basically. and the pandemic too. And the pandemic too, that yeah. so many things have broken down that, you know, even even kind of manageable shortages of toilet paper and that kind of thing mm-hmm. that suddenly I think regular folk who in the past would have said, I don't worry. There's a convenience store down the block right. are now suddenly thinking, Oh, mm-hmm. I need to be more prepared. Yeah. Which- you know, what was interesting for me this week related to this was in the past couple of weeks, we had seen that as Mar- you know, when stocks were going down, we would see that crypto was kind of going up. It was like a, a hedge against it. And this week, when things were starting to feel sort of unstable because of Texas and everything, crypto wasn't having a good week. And this idea that I was having that crypto was going to be that that safe mm-hmm. first space in some weird dimension. Yeah. Um, I feel like the cri- I feel like bit. I feel like crypto suffered a double whammy this past week because Janet Yellen came out and Mm. said it takes a lot of energy to mine it. And then in the middle of the Texas energy crisis, and maybe some people got cold feet. I mean, I think it'll go back up. Well, it was reported that there was one Bitcoin miner who sold a shed load of Bitcoin. And the thing is, they say, because the, the market is so small, that it was something like 8,000 coins. So that really moved the market. And basically it starts going down because the market was flooded and then okay. more casual investors go, ah, and start to get out. And it's such it's- a sensitive market, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, as our sage professor, Dana, who's not with us, has been telling us for months that fluctuations are the norm. In crypto, in the stock in the market, regular overall, stock market, the regular yeah. stock market, which we'll talk about. I have some stuff to say about that. Oh well, I want to hear in about a little that. bit. I think for our next, the next time we do a solely crypto focused show, it would be really good to get a better handle on what mining is, like stuff, yeah, and 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 talk about yeah. the energy uses. It's interesting what you were saying, JJ. It loops back to what you were saying earlier about our losing trust in the government due to all of these disasters and events that crypto, because it is not beholden to any government regulation. But not it, entirely, though, just to be clear, there are some regulations. Well, not, enti- not entirely, yeah. but it operates outside right. the fiat system, right? And so it doesn't depend on what right. the value of the dollar or the pound. 
So in a weird way, it, for these people who are like, let's become self-sufficient and do, you know, doomsday or get off the grid, it might be more appealing for them for that reason. Right. What I think is interesting about what we're talking about here is we're sort of thinking about the future, which makes us think about the post-pandemic world. I mean, we're talking about, you know, where you're talking about energy and how crypto is going to use energy. We're talking about futuristic stuff. So let's talk about the near future, which is hopefully very, very soon when we're going to be in a post-pandemic world. And I know, JJ, this week you've been um, looking into, you've been texting us a lot about ideas for things we could invest in that would somehow capitalize on life opening up again. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about what you've learned. Yes. Well, I think this is really interesting because we all used to work in magazines and newspapers and media, and some of us still do, (laughs) that I feel like I'm just bracing for this slew of stories that will be about getting, quote, back to normal. And it'll be about, Mm -hmm. you know, getting back to your regular holidays and seeing your friends in a regular way and all those Mm -hmm. things. We have to remember that not everything will be back to normal. COVID and the pandemic have changed us and changed our behavior. And some of that Mm -hmm. is in just short-term ways, and some of it is in longer-term ways. We're going to be grappling with that basically as societies for a long time, as you know, globally, because this has been everywhere, right? right? But I've been thinking about, I read a report about beauty companies, beauty skincare companies predicted to do well Hmm. post-pandemic. As people leave their houses more and go out more socially and to the office. That makes more sense because I will tell you, I go outside and I don't even, I don't put on makeup and sometimes not even sunscreen because why bother? My entire face is covered up, especially now in the winter with the mask and the hat yeah. and the sunglasses. <laughs> like there's nothing that can reach this face. You're, you're like the invisible, you're, right. what's his name? Rains, the invisible right. man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and so there's this thing called the lipstick index. And I love this. So it was coined by the former Estee Lauder chairman, Leonard Lauder, in the early 2000s. And Mm -hmm. it refers to the typical resiliency of cosmetics with makeup seen as an affordable indulgence when bigger purchases are out of reach. So that even if there's a recession, even if people are poor, that this lipstick index, you know, that holds true. And you would think in a way, oh, women are going to be going out more. They they want to pretty up. They don't want to look but, like they've aged 10 years in this one year. <laughs> exactly. From all that right, homeschooling right. and apocalyptic Stressing. planning. <laughs> but in fact, that's not going to apply in the same way. One, that we're going to be wearing masks mm-hmm. for some time, mm-hmm. who knows how long. Right. And that because we've been at home, we are wearing less makeup, becoming more used to wearing less makeup, and people are more mm-hmm. focusing on wellness. So that instead of the mm, lipstick index, okay. it's going to be about skincare, about natural skincare, green skincare, eco, mm. about, you know, paraben free, cruelty free, etc. And I think it's really interesting that these post pandemic stocks and investments that on one hand, it might be easy to say, oh, yeah, that's going to go back up because they were popular before and now we're coming back to regular life. But in fact, We do have to take into account and think a little more deeply about how the pandemic has changed us and changed business. Along those lines, I just wanted to cite a couple of really interesting stats I got. Some of these are focused on the UK, but for example, during lockdown here in the UK, demand for products that would at one point be essential 
daily foundation lipstick, sales were down more than 70%. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll come back up a little bit or somewhat, but you're saying it may not come back up to levels. Or it will take a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. will say, you know, it's mm-hmm. funny for years, you would see pictures of, you know, people in Asia wearing masks and you'd be like, God, like that's so great. And, and now I'm like, I, know. No, I haven't had a cold in a year. They were onto something. I mean, yeah. I could see wearing a yeah. mask outside pretty much forever. I'm serious, especially <laughs> in cold and flu season. Like, why not? You know? Yeah. So right. um, just along those lines, though, this other stout cult beauty, which is a particular uh, company, their lipstick sales, they also were talking about their lipstick sales being down, but skincare sales have more than doubled. Mm. And so interesting because you still show some skin when you're in the, and, and zoom, you're still in, well, zoom in health and uh, we're more and health about well, health. So uh, let me ask you a question though, along those lines with health, what is the connection between the wellness industry and the pandemic? Is it that people are more concerned with being healthy, having good immunity so that they can overcome a new virus if they contract it? Is that sort of the connection? It's really a consumer's growing consciousness toward wellness and um, clean beauty. I mean, we've been we've been talking a lot about just the health of the planet, the health of the world population. And then we've seen a lot of these news stories Mm -hmm. that are are about people's mental health and what we're eating and all that. And I think, okay, yeah. So it's refocusing. What does it mean to be well? So like, have you been thinking specifically about any publicly traded companies that exist in this realm Mm. that are maybe interesting to look at at this point? Yeah. So I was looking at, so Zach's, um, you know, the Zach's index, it's a website, right? Zach's yeah. index. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a Zach's cosmetics industry list and we'll, I'll share this link on our site again, because it talks about all kinds of factors that we may not think of at first, of course, reduced store and salon traffic, but also the disrupted travel retail network, supply chain bottlenecks. Wow. So, wow. um, but they, Oof. but there are some companies that they've picked out as being good that I think are really worth looking at. Like some of these I'm not very familiar with. Helen of Troy, New Skin, Elf Beauty, mm-hmm. Estee Lauder. Of course, we've heard of yeah, that one. But I think actually um, for anyone, for me, I thought, I mean, I was even starting to think about what about injectables? Yeah. Because while you might be spending less on makeup, that your eyes are visible. So I wonder what's going to happen with Botox or with Juvederm. And those, and those are, are already, those are I mean, are plastic surgeons and, and dermatologists seeing a, I've seen that they're seeing a really big spike because people are staring yeah. at themselves on Zoom all day going, oh my God, this yeah. filter can only, what I know, here? <laughs> this filter can only do so much. Thank God for the Zoom filter, by the way. <laughs> I had to do a call recently and there was no filter because I it was, it was some other platform. And so I didn't have my filter and I was like, Oh, whoa, that person <laughs> please staring? turn off video. I know. I know. When I look at myself in the mirror and I don't have the Zoom filter, okay. I'm like, oh, fuck <gasps> <our God." laughs> like, I'm imagining, Jen, I'm imagining you, you're like, oh no, this call's about to start. And then I imagine them clicking you into the meeting and you're wearing like, a kind of Halloween. <laughs> you know, I should get, I should get like a, 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 like a big plastic film, a sheet that I could just kind of 
bring in front of my screen or gauze just like like Vaseline on my lens that would be great yeah (laughs) exactly anyway exactly anyway I think looking at all those now will be very interesting and I also think in in the wake of all this as we know lots of women-focused businesses may be less top of mind for a lot of investors so it could really represent an opportunity yeah which is, uh, so this is something mm-hmm. else that I think we, we were hoping to talk about is that we're talking about these niche kind of things, right? These very specific targeted investments, which is very different from, say, my 401k that I set yeah. up with my employer when I was 20, right? And so right. what's interesting about this is like the, the yeah. targeted nature of our investments right now make them more risky, but they also make them more exciting. Yeah, It's interesting because when we first started this podcast, I will admit that I didn't fully understand how the type of investing that we were learning about, whereas we're managing our, we're picking our own stocks based on the research we're doing, we're supporting each other and sharing information, how different that is from the traditional passive investing that most people participate in via index funds and where you will invest in, you know, the S&P 500, for example, or the Dow Jones index funds that pull together, and I'm not going to describe this accurately, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but they pull together, um, I know this is where Dana would come in handy, they pull together a representation of those indexes. And long term, I, I looked into this because I was like, what is the average return on investment for the stock market and for these index funds? And over time, and it depends on, are you looking at a 10-year period? Are you looking at the period from the beginning of the stock market? Are you looking at the Dow? Are you looking at the S&P? But overall, the average return on investment for the stock market is mm-hmm. about 10%. And this this doesn't mean that every single person who's investing and that every um, year or even every month you're getting 10%. This is overall, let's right. say, over 10 years. And that doesn't account for inflation either. So, But on average, if you invest in an index fund, you're getting maybe 7% when you adjust for inflation. What those investments represent is this sort of low-risk, over-time, long-term investing. What we're doing, it's really in addition, I, and I think that. every woman... Every woman out yes. there should have one of these investments as a long-term safe bet. Yes, JJ. And I think we should also keep in mind that like S&P 500 trackers, Dow Jones Industrial Average trackers, the Russell the Russell the Russell 5000 Russell 2000 those are all different different stocks, different companies yes. on those. Yes. So you can have different kinds of trackers that I mean, S&P did really well because it had so many tech companies in it over this past year. But yeah. absolutely, just yeah. back in the NASDAQ. Sort of is give some of your money, some oh, right. of your yeah. investment to basically somebody else, right? Like to a, to. But that's well, not well, even right. somebody and else. That's just cracking. No, that's just right. That's passive right. investing. You can hire an active money manager who takes th- those investments and starts to really fine tune them in the way that we're doing, and you're paying that other person to do that. But what we're doing and the benefit of what we're doing mm-hmm. is multi 
factorial, I think, <laughs> to use a, an academic term, <laughs> multifactorial, is that we are learning so much about investing. We are feeling the confidence of being able to do it on our own. And I thought you were going to say we are learning and therefore the gray matter in our brain is being stimulated. So we're sort of holding off dementia and Alzheimer's, but go, yeah, go, oh, go on. Well, that too, that too. That too. But also importantly, we can take advantage of the bull right. market based on the news and the research we're doing, or you see it, you you buy in, and then when it peaks, you can either sell or you can hold, but you are taking advantage of these fluctuations that we see over time that most people just ignore because over time that's going to go up, but you can actually profit off each one of those peaks. And then when it yes. drops, you can buy in at a lower I will have price to say though, in the bear market. that kind of timing the market is very mm. difficult. It is difficult. And studies show that like even experts, no, and we do, this we, is, we are not experts, and we don't give experts advice. who do this. <laughs> and we don't give advice. Once again, this is not financial advice, but experts who do this do not necessarily beat the index funds right. or the market, that market average. So the index funds are designed to meet the, the, that kind of like seven, 10% increase over time and active money managers who try to, and these day traders that try to beat that market. Most of them well, don't. This is what's interesting to me now, about when we're talking about say, post-pandemic investing or apocalyptic investing, is that actually we should be thinking of these as sort of shorter-term investments because we're riding a societal shift, which will change, right? And so right, to be investing, right, right. sort of understanding that that shift is really dynamic and volatile, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think that's where I kind of failed this past couple of weeks, actually, was that... Yeah. I, I don't have Tell us the, what happened because you, yeah. you were you were telling us kind of during the week about what happened with your portfolio. I was being a passive investor and I was watching things kind of going down and getting wobbly and like some of my better holdings not just doing poorly. And I know that this the stock market itself had a pretty shaky week. So it's not that that surprising, but that I didn't have enough confidence in myself to just hit sell. On a couple of things when I probably should have, like mm -hmm. my gut was saying sell and then my, but my heart was like, oh, but I can't. And so I, is that because you were looking at them as short-term investments? Because long-term, right. no, well, that wasn't the question, a bad idea, right? right? It's the question that I haven't answered clearly for myself is, am I mm -hmm. short-term investing or long-term investing in this particular portfolio? Mm -hmm. I think the answer is I need to do what we're doing. The women take stock portfolio that I have <laughs> should be a short-term portfolio because I do have retirement funds that are much safer. You know, that's something that I am passive mm -hmm. about that there is a manager, you know, it's just, it, I think um, the whole point of this exercise is to get a little bit yeah, more, well, I've already said the word dynamic, but that is the word to be more dynamic about how I'm buying and selling rather than just being kind of like, I'm just going to wait and yeah, see. It's about kind of continually yeah. evaluating. I, that's what I did this yeah. week. And I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't get crushed this week like some folks did. Um, I mean, I didn't love seeing some things go down. But I think that continual, as you're saying, Jen, the continual evaluation and really saying, what do I want? What do I think is really going to happen? Right. And trusting yourself yes. a little. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah. And, and that can change because I, for example, with crypto, I think I started investing in crypto as a way to make mm-hmm. some short-term gains. And I did. There were a few times that it peaked and I sold and made, you know, a couple hundred dollars. I mean, not a lot, but, but, and then I kept reinvesting and now seeing it kind of go up over time and it did just go hit an all-time high and then yep. really drop. And it was the biggest span that it's ever had in its history. But I'm looking at it as a long-term now, because I think that there's something about crypto <laughs> that is, you know, we've seen these big big yeah. name investors and companies getting in on it. So it can change. And then I don't know, maybe next week it'll go up again and I'll sell off some and it's a short term. Yeah. But see, you can we can do that because we can, are right, right. managing. Can I just say too this comes back to back. Well, remember when we did the the show with Frank Murtha, the the psychologist Martha. who studies stock market psychology, it's that I, I still haven't really listened to his advice about having a plan. Right? <laughs> <laughs> No, I know because it takes work. I know we know it's sort of like the advice, you know, and the yeah, advice exactly. you follow. It's like, yeah, yeah, I have a plan. I, <laughs> my, my whole crypto problem. You, you like, yeah, I'm going to sell rather. Bitcoin when it hits this. And then it hits that. I'm like, I'm just going to hold on a little longer because this is exciting. And yeah. then it goes yeah. down. <laughs> but, but, well, one, yeah. I was going to say, JJ, that, what are you going to say? That's about getting better, feeling it, learning it, you know. I think sometimes we can be overly harsh on ourselves for not doing the right thing or not have anticipated something. But this week, when some of my stocks were going, I kept getting these alerts saying, oh, it's moved up. You know, I have the alerts when it moves a certain amount um, up or down. And I kept getting them. But throughout the week, it was saying, oh, it's up 2.85%. Like, hmm, that sounds good. That's good. And then the next day it would be, oh, it's down 2.95%. What's going on? Up and down, up and down. It can drive you mad, but actually Dana's voice was ringing in my ear saying, you should expect (laughs) that kind of up and down, up and down. Look at the overall trend line. Yes. And Tula, I just wanted to comment on your, your earlier comment about there's something about crypto which I really like that statement. It makes you sound like a tagline for a really good rom-com. I was about to say that sounds exactly like a movie. There's, <laughs> There's something, something about, about crypto. crypto. There's something about crypto. <laughs> Let's just remake all of those old movies with, but in with crypto now, who, as, who's a, going as to a through star line. As you? <laughs> Reese Witherspoon? Oh, goodness, I don't know. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. And this um, is all for our next podcast, which is all about repackaging of bad movies. How <laughs> <laughs> you could do really well. Yeah. Right. Well, can I say one thing too, though? You're right, JJ, about like Dana's voice ringing in our ears, reminding us about these fluctuations. I think one of the things that has been so amazing for me is this, is we're doing this together. We're able to share our blunders and our hopes and our, our discoveries with each other. And I mean, that's, that's priceless. Yes. You don't get that with passive investment. <laughs> and that's what Women Take Stock is about. It's about this group. It's about our listeners, about encouraging and supporting one another. And to that end, we got a great comment from Deborah, a listener. I'll read you what she wrote. Ladies, I am 65, retired 10 years, which, whoa, oh, I wow. wish... Widowed and just started managing most of my own money. Woo! Thank you for your podcast. For I'm learning right along with you, and I made my daughter start listening too. 
LOL. Oh, I literally just got chills. The way you. <laughs> Hi, Deborah D&D. and daughter. The way you present the material is so relatable. Investing is really exciting. Can't wait to listen to all your episodes. So thank you. That makes me so happy. We love thank her. You, thank you, Deborah. And um, yes, so please, if you're listening, do write in. We want to hear from you, as we've heard from Deborah, and hear about your journey and where you are on it and what you're thinking, what you're loving, what you're hating. And what questions you have. Like if you have some questions that you'd like us to answer. Ideally about investing, but we may be able to answer some questions about other things. Or that we can ask someone else who really knows and then we can pass along. Also, if you have any money catchphrases that could also be rom-com movies, send those in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and on that note, I think it's time for us to wrap up this show. But first, J.D., how can people connect with us if they want to? They can connect with us first. You can always find us on womentakestock.com. You can find us on Twitter, Women Take Stock, on Instagram, women.take.stock. And there's a form on our website where you can send us personal messages. If you don't want to reach out on social, we'd love to hear from you any way you want to talk to us. So do let us know what you're thinking. Yeah. Or you could say like coming to a theater near you. Soon, yes. but not well, really. and um, and yes, please do review, rate our podcast on any platform that you're using, and share and it. Share. Yeah, share it, please Aww. do. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll check you at our Bye. next episode. <laughs> <laughs>